You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. Hey guys, how's everybody feeling tonight? Y'all having a good time? Man, hey listen, we are so uh, excited you guys are all here hanging out with us, playing dating games, getting crazy with music. Hey, Jamestown, thank y'all for coming, right? Yes, Oak Ridge. Thank y'all so much for being here with us. Whoop, whoop. Hey, guys, it's my honor to introduce everybody. If you don't already know, I don't know where you've been, but this is my man, Phil, who Phil. is the Impact Director out in Oak Ridge. Dude, I uh, love this crowd. We could say anything, and I think they would cheer. I, I think so. I think so, yeah. As long as, long as, uh, as, long as we don't say Duke in here. Poop. I I said Duke, but I think you said poop. But I think they're the same, they're aren't the they? They're the same thing. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Just wanted to be sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, guys. Yeah. Tonight we're so excited. Y'all are here. We're talking about dating. We're talking about love, right? And man, we're so looking forward to kind of getting pretty deep with a couple things with y'all. So bear with us. But uh, Phil's going to go ahead and kick it off for us with a little bit of love fun for us. I'm going to kick it off. Here we go. Yeah, so love. (laughs) This guy, yeah, I heard some of your responses, man. I was laughing at you, too. But, man, yeah, so I'm just kidding, dude. Your hat is what's doing it, by the way. I'm telling you, you stand out. So give it up for the hat. Let's do it. Rachel, okay. Nice hat, Rachel. Nice hat, Rachel. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about love, and we're going to get um, really in-depth with this tonight. And love is one of those words that it's just kind of, what is it? You know, like, nobody can really, like, if you go up to someone and say, what do you love? You could probably tell me, like, hey, I love this or that. But if I say, what is love? You're probably going to look at me and say, I'm not really sure what love is. So, tonight, we're, we're going to talk a little <clears throat> deeper about that. So, we use love a whole lot for things that we probably really shouldn't use it for. And Chris and I, we have, we have a few examples yeah. of things that, that we love, and we're trying to get used to using the word like. Right, right. It's we, not working. It's not good. You know, you guys are all of a sudden texting your boo thing or whatever you want to call it, your snack. I don't know what y'all Boom. even call each other nowadays. Y'all out of control with these language. Yeah. See? And y'all all do it. That's burrito? the response. Oh, I, th- I think it's burrito. 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 Your burrito. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your chicken you're burrito. Your burrito. Okay. Hey, but guys... And I struggle with this, and I know a lot of y'all probably struggle with it as well, right? But I'm like, hey, babe, what are you doing? I ask Whitney all the time, hey, what are you doing tonight? You know, you want to go see a movie? And she's like, yeah, I would love to. I'm like, you know what? I would love to, too, you know? And all of a sudden, hey, what do you want to do tomorrow? Do you want to go to the park? Yeah, I'd love to. What do you want to do? You take Hootie for a walk? Yeah, I would love that. Now, I use that word love all the time. But is that how we're supposed to even really use that word? No, no. And like what happens is, you know, the more that we use the word love, the more we we misuse the word love, right? We hear it so much, right? Oh yeah, right. that's right. And um, so tonight though, we're going to talk about some things that are near and dear to our hearts. So first Chris is going to be up with some things that that he loves. Right. And I want to ask you guys a question. As these things pop up on the screen, I've got two of them. I want you guys to say, is this love or is this just like a strong like following infatuation? Yeah, I'm just a fan zone. of these things, right? So you guys with me? You can say either you love them or you what? Hey, and don't you dare boo any haters out here, okay? So you guys help me understand here, all right, and tell us if, you, if this is really liking it or really loving it. Here you go. 
All right, hold on. The first thing, the first thing is you guys know this is uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team, the champions whoop, whoop. last year. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely right. So I know tomorrow night. I'm sorry for Duke fans. You guys are gonna be hiding for a couple weeks after what happens. But hey, here's the deal. I struggle because I told Phil yesterday. I said, Phil. Man, you know what? I love Carolina basketball. He's like, oh, D-Man? He's like, I love it too, man. I really, really love it. I'm like, well, hold on. Do I love it or do I like it? What do you guys think? Is it love or like? It's definitely not hate. Not hate. It would be more along the lines of, of liking, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to give my life for Carolina basketball. Now, some of y'all are crazy fanatics, Mike, but I'm not going to do that. What about uh, Jeopardy up here? My wife said the thing that I love is Jeopardy. Well, no, I don't love it. I what? Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's, uh, let's see what uh, the two things that Phil likes or loves when they pop up here on the screen. So, so, yeah, I mean, the first thing, without a doubt, the best restaurant in the entire universe, Golden Colon, baby, the old Golden Corral. Yeah. You can eat anything there. You can go to the chocolate fountain and put your steak in it and take a, take a roll and then put that in the chocolate fountain. It's okay. It's amazing. I love it so much. That does sound pretty good. I like it. We might have to go there after yeah. this. Yeah. Okay, let's see. And then the price is right. Who likes some price is right out here? Yeah. The price is wrong. The price is wrong. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay, so guys, tonight, what we want to talk to you all about is love. Not necessarily Carolina or Jeopardy or Price is Right or Golden Corral or Golden Colon. I think that's what you called it there. Guys, we want to talk about romantic, right, emotional, physical, right, the relationships that you guys are building right now, right, with a boyfriend, with a girlfriend, whatever it might look like, guys, as you build towards marriage. Because, guys, we're going to talk a lot about dating. We're going to talk a lot about sexuality. We're going to talk a lot about doing things the right way between a man and a woman in the confines of marriage, right, and Guys, if this might be your first time ever to church, maybe you say, you know, I'm not sure about this whole God or this whole Jesus thing. Uh, why, why don't you listen to this? Well, you need to listen because the fact of the matter is, guys, we want to help you guys be better daters, right? We want to help you with your relationships. So when you jump into a relationship, you know the best way to do it. Even if you're sitting there and you say, I'm, I'm never dating anybody again. Okay, well, if that's the case, you can flick your hair one more time, ladies, all right? And, oh, you guys all do it. That's just wonderful. And then guess what? You'll probably see a guy in a couple weeks, right? And we want to help you understand, though, what dating really and truly looks like. So if you're not a Christian, guys, we still have great advice and sound relationship help for y'all. Now, Jesus followers in the room, guys, this is for us, right? This is how dating is intended and supposed to be, right? If you're not sure yet about the guy that you're with, the girl that you're with, whatever your relationship is like, I hope that you are tuned in, paying attention, because we're going to go through three different stages, really, of love tonight. Go ahead. Sweet. So I'm going I'm to take you guys way back when I was in middle school, which is hopefully not, what's well, kind of far back now. I'm pretty old. It's all right. It's yeah, all right. Yeah. Back when I was in middle school, um, I, I was raised in the church, and we would sit in the old school, like, pews. They used to have those in churches, right? You guys maybe not experienced that, but they used to have things called pews. 
And we would sit there, and my, my parents would make me go to church every time the door was open. So I'd sit there, and I'd have my little posse of friends, and we would play the dot game and everything else, just trying to make it through, right, some of these messages. Tic-tac-toe. T- oh, tic-tac-toe was a big one. There you one. go. That's yeah, that was only when right. we were super bored, though. Um, but sometimes we would pull out. They used to have Bibles, like, like real Bibles with, like, pages and stuff in them. It was yes. pretty cool. And so they would be in the, in the back of the pew in front of you, and so we'd pull it out, and sometimes we would just kind of flip through, flip through, try to find some stuff. Well, well, one day, I'll never forget this day, we're sitting there and we're flipping through the Bible. And we come across this book, and I had never read this book. I had never heard of this book before in my life. I'm like, is this really, like, what Bible is this? Like, is this a different translation? Like, what is this? I found this book, and we started to read this book, and slowly but surely, each of my friends just started to do the whole, like, <laughs> Like, you know, the little giggle, like when you're like just in middle school and like everything's kind of like, oh my gosh, is that really? We saw words like lover and, and, and like kisses on her mouth. And we're reading this stuff. We're like, where has this been our whole life? Like, this is all legal. It's in the Bible. This is amazing. I bet a lot of guys right now are like, I got to get that book. What book is book? <laughs> I got to get this book. Right? So, so like, we, we started looking at this book, and, 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 and I went home, and my, my dad was a pastor. And I'm like, Dad, why have I never heard anyone talk about this book? It's amazing. Like, I want to hear everything from this book. Read it to me at nighttime. Like, I just want to hear it. Anyway, so all that time has passed, and I have yet to hear anyone that has spoke a message from this book. And I would venture to say that more than half of you probably don't even know this book even exists in the Bible at all. But this book is called The Song of Song or The Song of Solomon. And this book was written by a guy named Solomon who was one of the wisest people ever to live. And he wrote this book, and it's a beautiful picture of a man and a woman falling in love. And it's really explicit, and it's got really crazy good details. But the whole thing is Solomon is trying to explain that this love thing is so much bigger than what we think it may be. It's so much bigger than what you used to say, I love tacos, or we love Golden Corral. Like, it's so much bigger than that. And in fact, that book was the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they wrote everything in Hebrew. Everybody say Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrew, Hebrew, okay? Yeah, Hebrew. And we I don't speak Hebrew. Chris, do you speak Hebrew? I speak Spanish. Oh, hola. Como uh, estas? Uh, uh, muy bien. Oh, yeah. muy bien. Sí, ah, sí, sí, uh, sí, no Hebrew guys for me. No Hebrew for me. No. Oh, callete. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so anyways, this book was written in the original language of Hebrew. And the cool thing about, like, if you really start studying the Bible, you'll go back and you'll read these original, original language. And when Solomon wrote this, there was actually three words that represented love back in the Hebrew language. And we're going to see all three of these versions of love used as we read these scriptures. But the first scripture I want to read is this one right here. So just stay with me. You're going to, you're going to hear some imagery and see some imagery that's kind of weird, but, but just stay with me. Here we go. This is the this is Song of Solomon, and it says, Daughters... Of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Those are animals, okay? Back in the day, like, that's what they talked about. They didn't that was have, their like, squirrels, guys. That yep, was their squirrels, okay? Squirrel. Just stay with just, yep, that was it. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. We're just going to let that sit for a minute. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. 
It's as if Solomon was saying this love thing is so much more serious than what you think it may be. It's so much more beautiful. It's so much bigger. It's so much more depth than what you've ever thought that you do not want to awaken it until it is ready because this love thing is so serious. It's so serious. In fact, it it affects lives to the core of who we are. This word love, this emotion love. And in the Song of Solomon, there are three words that we're going to talk about, and Chris is going to quickly go over them, and we're going to jump right into this. But the one thing I want to say before we go, if you don't hear anything else, hear this tonight. You guys ready? God's plan for your sex life, uh, I'm getting weird, God's plan for your sex life is so much better than Satan's plan. God's plan for your sex life is so much better than Satan's plan could ever be. And if you do it the right way, I promise it's not going to let you down. God created it and he loves it the right way. So God's plan is so much greater than Satan's could ever be for your sex life. All right, go ahead and follow that, Chris. Uh, yeah, good luck with that one. Thank yeah. you so much, Philly. Uh, Hand it over. I know that what's going to be great tonight is already I know like all y'all are going to go home and be like, Mom, I'm going home to read the Bible. I cannot wait. Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon. Hey, hit the lights. I'm getting ready to read Song of Solomon, right? You got to get Hey. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Come on, too far. Yeah, I was too far. Okay. Hey, we want to help y'all, okay? Because just like what Phil was saying, guys, God's plan for your sex life, it is so much greater and stronger and better, right, than anything else that Satan could ever imagine, could ever put in your way. And we're going to help you guys with that. We got three words we're going to go over tonight. First word, the Hebrew word, is known as raya. Everybody say raya. Raya. Hold on. Say raya with some fire. Raya. Raya! All right, all right. And, and Raya, Raya is actually what it means, guys. It means a friend. It means a companion, right? So Raya, before you date anybody else, the first thing is probably to be what? A friend, a companion, okay? Hey, I got a question for y'all. What are some of the first things you guys do when you start dating somebody? Oh, I heard it already. Before you guys get crazy, I heard it. You said what? Get to know them. Guys, this is what we're talking about here. Get this girl Take Christ. some time to get to know that person. Yep. Yes. And so the other words we're going to be talking about are ahava. Somebody say ahava. Ahava. Oh, ahava. And the last word is dode. Dode. That sounds kind of like toad. It does sound kind of like toad. Okay. So okay. we got Go. Raya. Go on, Raya. We got Ahava and we got Dode. And today we're going to read some scriptures. So we're going to jump right into this, guys. Stay with us. We're going to take you and it's going to be amazing and hopefully it's going to change your life. And before we get into it, let's just pray real quick, man. Let's just pray real quick. Absolutely. Lord, thank you so much for tonight, for all the energy, for these amazing students, for the privilege we have of being up here and speaking to them. God, speak through us. Take everything that we have right now and just push it aside and may your word speak through. Teach Chris and I and everyone in this room what it truly means to love somebody else. We know you're going to do amazing things in your name. Amen. All right, we're going to jump right into this first verse. It's Song of Songs 516. And this is the first example we see of this raya love, this friend love, right? So we're going to read this. Here we go. It says, his mouth is sweetness itself. Oh, yeah. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend, daughters of Jerusalem. And this stage of love, you're finding out, do your personalities mesh up? Because if they don't, you probably aren't going to go to the next stage, right? Like if you guys don't enjoy each other, you're probably not going to continue on. 
So this is that stage where you're like, can I laugh with them? Do I have fun with them? Do I enjoy their company? And if you do, then what you're experiencing is raya love. And this love you can have for multiple people, and it's not going to get you punched, right? Because you can have this love. You can have a lot of friends. As we keep going, we're going to see how the love gets more focused and more focused. And eventually, you're not going to love people the way that you love other people because it's going to get, you know, someone's going to get hurt because of that. But right now, this love is a very general love. So real quick, I'm going to talk about how it worked out with, with my wife, and then Chris is going to, we're going to share some stories about our own personal life. So Kristen and I, we, we, Kristen, what's up? It's my, 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 my boo is back there. Everybody that's, say, hey, Kristen. Boo. Boys, turn around. Yeah, she's hot. I know. Um, she's like, so hot. But anyway, so uh, we knew each other when we were nine years old. Lived in Eden, North Carolina. Anybody know Eden, where that's at, right? Okay, little podunk town, nothing's there, but I loved it, right? So we lived there for one year, and we happened to live beside Kristen and her family. And so I knew her when I was a kid, but back then, you know, she had cooties, I had cooties. Like, we didn't like each other that much, so we didn't talk. I moved away 10 years past, 10 years past, and she says that she sees me in this store in Greensboro. It used to be called the conference store, and you could walk in there and buy all kinds of, like, cool gear for, like, your college sports teams. And she said, I'm going to marry that. I'm going to marry that guy. And I didn't know this is happening. I had so many girls on the side. I mean, I wasn't worried about anybody. <laughs> not, not really. Not really. You're going to get in trouble for that one. I know. I'm going to yeah, get in trouble. Yeah, she's going to get you for that one. But, look, here's the deal. I lived... At this point, I didn't even live in North Carolina. We came home to visit my grandparents. We lived in Delaware and Maryland, and she was living in North Carolina this whole time. Well, my mom meets up with her mom. One thing leads to another, and we start, like, talking on the phone. She calls me, and we're like, hey, let's get together and see if this raya even works. Like, see if we can even be friends, right? Because I hadn't talked to her in 10 years. And it was just like I remembered her, like, as this little girl with a weird bowl haircut, which was really cute, baby. Oh, you're going to trouble for that, too. Yeah, I'm going to trouble for that, too. So anyways, long story short. We meet up, and I'm like, hey, let's go to Celebration Station, because that's where you want to go on your first, like, friend date, right? So we go to Celebration Station. I love some Celebrate. We played putt-putt, did a bunch of stuff. Well, back in those days, like, I was watching the Fast and Furious movies, and I had this really junky Honda Civic, and I wanted to make it sound cool, so I bought one of those pipes that you put on the end of it from Walmart that makes it rattle. It sounds like, it's like a dying cow in heat. Like, that's what it basically sounds like. And so I left this pipe in her car on purpose so I would have to see her again, right, because we had such a great time. And so we went, we played tennis, and one thing led to another, and we realized, both of us, that, hey, this friend thing is working. Our personalities are working. We weren't exclusive yet. This is the first stage is becoming friends and hanging out. And so that's kind of how we, we started things out. I like the old leave behind. That's a good move. Leave behind, baby. That really is a good yep. move, yes. Uh, Guys, I met my wonderful wife, Whitney, um, actually three years ago tomorrow. Woo. Yes, isn't that nice? Woo. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, and, I, and I met her probably about uh, 100 feet out there in the lobby of the Summit Church right here. Yeah. And it was after a service. And she walks out of the service. I'm standing out in the middle of the lobby with my dad. And she looks beautiful. Her eyes are looking at me. And I'm kind of like doing one of these numbers where I'm like, like, I hope she's not like coming to talk to me because I don't know what I'm going to say to this girl. And she keeps walking. And fellas, y'all know what the feeling like. All of a sudden you're like, oh, goodness. You got to kind of got to throw up and you kind of got to sneeze and you want to fall asleep all at once. Yeah. It's a terrible, awful, it's like yeah. twisters going on right now all in your body. It's an awful thing. And she walks up to me and she says, hey, did, 
did you go to UNCG? And I said, UNCG. Okay, I think that's a college, but I don't even really know right now. I can't think or remember my name. So I said something that was kind of like, uh, um, no, I don't think so. And she goes, so, and I said, I didn't, but, you know, I used to hang out in Greensboro a lot from time to time. And she's like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I saw you from there or something. Well, we started talking and getting to know each other, and then we kind of leave it and say, well, do you come here a lot? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, well, maybe I will see you next week. She leaves. My dad comes back from the bathroom. My dad walks up to me and said, what? was she talking to you? <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot, Dad. Yes, she was talking to me. He's like, well, what what's she want? Right? I was like, oh, Dad, you're killing me, man. So I came back the next, the next Sunday, and believe it or not, uh, I actually met Whitney again. And thankfully, uh, Ryland Thrasher, who was one of, yeah, he's Jaden's little brother. Guys, this was three years ago. So Ryland, how old was Ryland then? Okay, seven or eight. That's a good older brother. I like it. There you go. Okay, yeah, exactly. We pull up, and everybody's outside of the church. I'm sweating bullets. I'm upset because I, don't, I wanted to see Whitney before the service, and I'm running about five, ten minutes late, and I thought I lost her, and I'd never see her again. Well, thanks to Jaden's little brother, Ryland, he actually pulled the fire alarm here in Kids Summit. So the whole church was outside. So I walk up. Oh, this is great. I get to see her. Somebody pulled the fire alarm. This is wonderful, right? I was so excited. We started talking. We started to get to know each other, and... A couple things led to another, and uh, here we are today. Yeah. Boom. I love it, dude. Yeah. 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 And I will tell you, the thing that was probably the most different and unique with Whitney was is that she was truly a friend for me first. Oh, I know. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. She was. So, and she's still my best friend, so it's, uh, it just gets better with time. Absolutely does. Oh, my goodness. Don't y'all want something like that? Come on now. So it starts with Raya, with this whole friend love. And guys, by the way, some of you that feel like you're stuck in the friend zone, like that's a good thing. It's the, that, fr- it's, it's the first step that leads to real love. So that might be a good thing, it's, fellas. It's actually friend not a bad not thing. always awful. So now, when, a girl, when a girl says, we, I just want to be friends, you say, I know what you're saying, girl. You Raya me. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And then you pull a fire alarm, and you solve it, and everything works Boom. out Boom. So the first step is... To get to, to get to know them, be exactly. friends. Can you laugh? Do you enjoy each other? So speaking of pickup lines, because that's how that's how Whitney kind of got Chris. We're she gonna got take me with you, a pickup line. We're gonna yeah. take you through some very spiritual pickup lines. So go ahead and put this verse up real quick. Hey, hey, fellas, listen. Y'all can go ahead and get your uh, your phone out if you really, really, really want to find these yourself a wonderful wife one day. Check out okay. some of these. Go ahead, Chris. Beautiful pickup lines here from the Song of Songs six four through nine. Ladies, listen. See if you would like this. How you would feel about it. Here we go. So you are beautiful, my darling, like the lovely city of Terza. Boom. Can you imagine? Be like, yo, Terza was the capital city, okay? It's translated, and it means pleasure. It means gorgeous. It means beautiful in Hebrew. But can you imagine some, somebody coming to you like, girl, you look like Kernersville. Terza. Oh, I love you. That's great, right? That'd be good. That'd be amazing. Go or, or, get or, the or, next or, one. How, how about this one, ladies? Yes. You are as beautiful as, as Jerusalem, as majestic as an army with billowing banners. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. I mean, that, I mean, billowing, I mean, that could be like the hair thing. Like, you have nice hair. I don't know. But see, that, all y'all just, flip your hair again, ladies, woo! y'all. That's a see, billowing banner. Billowing banner. There we Crazy. go. That's this okay. is amazing. All right. That's good. Uh, the next one here. Oh, oh, this is a good one right here, boys. Guys, turn your eyes away. 
for they overpower me. Woo! I just cannot take it. Yeah, that says enough for itself. This right here is my all-time favorite. Your hair, little girl, your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Some goats. I like it. I like it. Let's go. We got a couple more for you. Hey, check this one, guys. Stay with us here. Hey, ladies, you'd love to hear that your teeth are as white as sheep that are freshly washed. Boom. Means y'all probably use those Crest white strips. White strips. Guys, try it out. It'll work. Hello. Or how about this? Your smile is flawless. Each tooth matched with its twin. Even among 60 queens and 80 concubines and countless young women, I would still choose my dove, my perfect one. So guys, if, if you're curious here about some pickup lines, all right, um, the Song of Solomon has some great stuff for you, okay? Dude. We really, really encourage you to open that up, jump into some of these. But seriously, guys, as we get going to the next phase, Phil's going to take us to the next one. Raya, that's how you truly and really start a dating relationship. You have to be friends. You have to get to know them. You have to have a relationship and connection with that person to do it the right way. Okay. So Number the two. next word we're going to talk about is ahava. Say it with me, ahava. Ahava. And, and this, this word, oh, yeah, you love that. This kid down here is amazing. Ahava. But this word right here is the next stage in love. So you go from being friends to kind of getting a little more emotional attachment. How many people feel like they're kind of there right now with their boo thing? Okay, they're getting a little oh, okay. like, okay, I'm getting emotionally okay, attached. Simone. And this one is the one that will eventually lead to commitment. And we're going to read a scripture real quick out of Song of Solomon that kind of talks about this love right here, the ahava type of love. So here we go. Song of Songs 8-7. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. So during this phase, you guys... You guys are talking on the phone more, right? <laughs> You're having those conversations. Back in my day, um, we didn't have unlimited cell phone plans, so my parents would call me and say, what can you possibly be talking about for six hours and use half our minutes up in one night? And I'm like, listen, I had to talk to Kristen. We were talking about just life and stuff. And, and slowly you start talking about deeper and deeper and deeper things, and that moves into like talking about possibly like future things. And then all of a sudden... You realize that you're in this next stage of love called Ahava, where you're getting emotionally attached to this person. And this is when it starts becoming a little more selective, right? Like you're not going to be emotionally attached to a lot of different people. You're probably going to start choosing like one person at that point to say, I'm getting a little more emotionally attached to this person. So Chris is going to kind of share a little more about this right here. Yeah, sure. Guys, this, this is really that point in time when you guys kind of drop that L-bomb, right? And you love them, right? And, and listen... Guys, sometimes you say it. Girls, you know it's a word that you cannot wait. You're so excited to hear. And we're not talking about the like, like, oh, I like this. No, we're talking about real and true love. And some of y'all probably used that word before. I'm not going to say that you weren't in love. I'm not going to say that you shouldn't have necessarily used it. But I remember the first time, and guys, if, if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you really, really love somebody, and it's like, all inside your chest, it's like beating like a basketball. Just you just want to just get it out. You got to get it off of you. 
right? You want to tell them that you love them so bad. And I remember the first time I told Whitney this, we were down in Charlotte. It was on a Tuesday night, um, and she, we actually just got done eating uh, some dinner, and she had a Cobb salad. I really wanted a Cobb salad, but I was a man, and I couldn't order a Cobb salad. Fried chicken. Right? So I had to get, like, a burger Steak. and, like, I don't know, some macho thing. But, and I remember afterwards, we were home, and I was back at my house, and Hootie needed to go out and use the restroom. So we let Hootie out, and it's raining. And we're out there just talking, and I'm like, hey, hold on. I want to tell you something real quick. And I remember... I didn't just want to say it to her. I wanted to shout it with every single thing that I had here. I love you. Hey, and that's kind of big matzo ball, right? Because if she doesn't say it back. Did she say it back? Uh, baby, did you say it back? She didn't say it back. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What would you say? She did. She did. Hey, and guys, that is one of the, listen, it is one of the coolest and greatest things, and then you know in your mind, hey, I want to make a commitment with this person. Phil's talking about how it is a commitment and how it is a next step, and you're ready. And I remember telling my brothers right after that, like literally, it was a Sunday after church. We're at lunch, and I said, hey, I'm going to marry this girl. They said, you've known her for a month. And I said, I'm going to marry this girl, and this is exactly how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go in Asheville in a hot air balloon in August, and it's going to happen like that. I don't care what y'all say. And, guys, that's exactly how it happened. I remember my little brother was like, dude, you didn't even tell me. I was like, I told you months ago when I met her, right? Guys, it's that commitment. And when you say those words, you can't get them back. But that emotion is so worth it when you do it the right way and you go through these phases here. Yep, and this phase is by far the hardest phase. This Absolutely. This is the phase that a lot of people want to skip over. It's easy to be friends. It's easy to go into the next phase we're going to talk about, which you guys are all looking forward to. But this phase right here is the hardest phase. It's the phase you have to be the most patient in and make the hardest decisions about the person that you think you may be falling in love with. And once you throw that word out, you can't take it back, right? Right. And you've got to be able to back up what that word means and what it represents. So this is the hardest phase, so take your time. And then we move in to the last phase, which is this word, dode. And we see this um, in the Song of Solomon as well. We're going we're gonna to read this. And this one has to do with the physical or the sexual element of a relationship, right? Because like I said before, God's plan for your sex life is so much better than Satan's. If we do it the right way, you will know what I'm talking about one day when you're ready for this. So here we go. We're going to read this. We're going to read this scripture real fast out of, out of Song of Solomon. Here we go. You are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden Fountain. So you see the imagery is becoming a lot more specific and a lot more detailed and a lot, just a lot more serious, right? At this point in the relationship, you, you have already, you've become friends and you guys have so much fun with each other and then you get emotionally attached and you guys start talking about deeper and deeper things about the future and then eventually, like Chris said, you start realizing, hey, I may love, I may love this person. And then once you're there, there's some other things you have to do the right way in the right order to eventually get to this stage right here. And guys, let me tell you, a lot of people want to skip straight to this phase. And the horrible thing is with that, once you skip to this phase, getting physical or getting sexual way too soon in a relationship, you can't go back. If you guys have ever been in a relationship, and I've been there where I've ruined a lot of relationships, and I've broken myself and a lot of other girls' hearts because I jumped straight to this. And the problem with that is once you get physical, You can't go back and then try to start over and become friends again. You can't become emotionally attached. You guys, and you you may be there right now, when you get physical, it's hard to stop being physical. 
That becomes everything your relationship is based on. And if you're not physical or you're not getting what you think you should be getting from the other person, things aren't going well. And it's because you've built your love totally on dode and you've skipped over the raya and the ahava. And I can promise you that relationship, unless it's healed and you guys change, will never, ever, ever last. And you're going to end up hurting yourself and the person that you're with more than you ever, ever meant to because you've skipped a step in this process of love. So Chris is going to talk a little more about that. Yeah, sure. And guys, listen, we're not here to, to tell you that this is absolutely what you have to do right now. We don't want to sit here and condemn you and tell you that you're wrong and that everything you're doing is absolutely incorrect. We're just saying, hey, Christians, this is God's model, okay? This is not coming from me. This is not coming from Phil. This is coming from the Song of Solomon. This is coming from God's word. This is coming from a lot of wisdom and somebody who was the smartest of all time, you know, in Solomon, right? Guys, you know you've been in a relationship before where you skip, like Phil said, and you crisscross all over the place and you jump to the third and the most dangerous step, guys, and it can ruin you. It can wreck you, and it can absolutely change your entire relationship. The perfect and the only and the proper and the one place for sex is between a man and a woman in marriage. It's between a bride and the groom. Guys, and I know that there's a lot of, well, hold on, but I I really love this person. I'm going to marry him. He tells me he loves me. Well, that's one. We were friends. Now he loves me. Oh, well, why don't we? No, 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 no. The only place for this is in marriage. Now, why? You're probably like, well, I love him anyway. It, or some of y'all might just be sitting out there and you're like, you know what? I'm just really, really curious. I don't want to have to wait until I get married. Guys, God has somebody so special and so amazing and so awesome for you. But a lot of times we don't see that. We just see right here and right now. So you know one of the biggest mistakes is when we say, I want to go ahead and advance to level three with somebody, and I'm skipping all the two. But I want to go to three because I think it'd be fun, because I like that person. I think they're attractive. Guys, and again, we're not here to condemn you, right? We're just here to help you. We want to support you and love you and let you know that's not how God intended marriage, right? Sex is supposed to be a gift for marriage. And we'll be honest, guys, we've had our struggles. We absolutely have. We were in high school. We were in middle school. You know, we know exactly what you guys go through. But man, I wish that I would have listened a little bit better to my young life leader who was talking to me about this very thing. I really, really do. Yeah, and as Chris and I were talking about this, we both shared some experiences that were we had in common right. where, where we had messed up some relationships. And when we got with the women that we're both married to now, we, we really wanted to do it right. And even in those relationships, right, I know for me, it wasn't always perfect. But by God's grace and because we didn't skip through, you know, too fast through these stages, we were able to come out in a really, really good place. But today we're going to do a quick visual to kind of end this whole thing um, tonight. And so... Um, Love is is it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like flames that that you light in your life, right? So we have our we have our first our first stage of love, right? Which is which is the raya or the friendship love. So so when you're with someone, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to light this flame, right? And this is like the first stage of love with a person, and this is a, a friend love. So you can have this for a lot of different people because you probably have a lot of good friends that that you would do a lot of stuff for. But, but then you go on to, to the next love that we talked about. You move on for, from the raya to the ahava. And the ahava is, is when you start getting emotionally 
attached to this person. And this is the one that takes the most patience and the most time and the most care. And this is the one where you have to make the hardest decisions and the biggest calls. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to tell this girl I love her? Because if I do, I've got to treat her the way that God has intended me to love her, which is going to mean that I need to wait until we're married to do anything else. And that's tough. I know that's tough. But, but, but if you have both of these burning, right, it's, 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 it's really good. But to really experience the fullness of what God wants you to experience at some point in your life with this whole thing called love, you've got to take both of these. And when you take both of them and, 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 and you light this middle candle right here. This is right here is when you experience the fullness of what love is. And you guys, how many of you guys have seen this kind of thing at a wedding before, right? These are called unity candles. They actually weren't originally intended to be unity candles. When, when these things were first thought of, they were, they were thinking like back in the Hebrew days, right? Because that was a long time before we had unity candles. And these flames, these three candles, they used it in their ceremonies, and it was meant to represent these three stages of love. So when a person got up on the stage, what they were saying was to one another and to everyone in the room is, we have experienced our raya love. We have been friends. I love that this person is my best friend. I have so much fun with them. We had, we had a great time. Our personalities, all that kind of, we did that. We did that stage correctly. And, and then we went ahead and we, and we lit this flame, right, which was the ahava. And during that, during that phase, we became emotionally attached, and we were able to trust each other, and we didn't break that trust, and we were able to share intimate, intimate things about our lives and talk about our future, and we realized that things were kind of meshing together, so we thought maybe, maybe we're in love, right? And so when they, when they, when they, when they would get married and they would light that, that center candle, that was saying that, hey, we are now going to experience the fullness of what God has in my life, and what God wants for us as far as love goes. And so then you have the full flame of what love was always intended to be. So don't sell yourself short by lighting one candle, skipping over and trying to light another one. It's not going to end well. And Chris is going to end us here. Yeah, guys, and, and we want to be honest and, and, and truthful with y'all. You know, Phil and I both were really blessed with women in our lives who are now our wives and the mother of our children Man, that they were strong. They were strong with us. We were, we were so blessed and fortunate to be able to hold off and light that final candle, you know, on our marriage night. And let me tell you guys something. It is the best and coolest and greatest experience that you could ever have if you wait with that person, if you wait for that person. Now, maybe you're sitting out there and you feel condemned. You feel like you haven't got it right. You've messed up. Um, and I want to jump to see what, what Jesus says about this. Because we talked a lot about Song of Solomon tonight. And we're just going to look real quick at what Jesus has to say. If we set the scene real quick here, if we go to John chapter 8. And right before this happens, man, there's a lady who was dragged out of the bed. Literally dragged. out, of, Like probably with sheets with her. Right? She was caught in the act of adultery. Now, if you've heard the story, right, being caught in the act of adultery, so what she was doing, she was having sex with somebody that was not her husband. She was probably married, having sex with somebody that could have been married. Guys, that wasn't in this confines here. It wasn't. You know, she, she struggled. She was lost. And these Pharisees and these religious teachers back then, they were so ready to judge her and condemn her. So guess what they did? They drag her to Jesus. Jesus is in the temple hanging out, you know, probably teaching and praying a little bit. And they say, hey, Jesus, hey, if you're the son of God, 
if you are the Messiah, we got something for you. This girl here that we're dragging, yeah, she was just caught, she was just caught having sex with somebody that's not her husband. You know what the law says for people like that? If you get caught in adultery, the law back then said that you're supposed to stone them. And stoning, guys, is not like you get a couple stones and you just pebbles. You just... Now, we're talking like you would get in a pit. You would be tied to the back of a, of a stick or a rod, something there, probably something like this. And above, people would come with these big rocks, these big boulders, and just drop them on you. Somebody else would come with a rock and drop them on you, drop them on you, drop it on you. Until they died. It was a terrible, gruesome, awful, brutal process. They say, Jesus, the law says we got a stoner. That's what the law of Moses says. What do you say, Jesus? And it's so cool. Jesus tells them, hey, let he who is out sin, let he who is perfect, who's never messed up, let them throw that first stone. If you've never done anything wrong, you throw the stone. Slowly, people walk off. They take their stones with them. And then the girl looks up, and we're going to pick this up right here. Jesus stood up again from kneeling on the ground. He says to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one, didn't one of them condemn you? One of them. She said, no, Lord. None of them did. Jesus says to him, neither do I then. So go and sin no more. Guys, I think for a lot of us, we come in here with this, man, and we got guilt, and we got shame, and we got embarrassment, and we got heaviness, and we got junk from our past, from our current relationship. But you know what's so cool about it? is that Jesus didn't condemn her in that story. He told her to go and sin no more. You know what he tells you? He tells you to go. Sin, well, I'm not gonna condemn you because I love you. That's not who I am. But I wanna tell you from experience, hey guys, I wanna tell you from the Song of Solomon, I wanna tell you because my dad God was pretty awesome and he created sex and he created man, he created women, and this is how it's supposed to be and you need to wait until you get married. Because it will help you so much more, and it's a gift. Guys, so whatever you're going through right now, if you don't have this perfect flame right now, it can be something you can work for and work towards. Maybe you're in stage one, maybe you're in stage two, right? And you're like, I'm definitely going to marry this girl. I love her. I'm getting married as soon as I get done with high school and college. Great. But I just want to urge you and let you know, guys, it is so worth it to get here. It is. And don't feel condemned right now because Jesus didn't condemn you. He's just trying to show you the way to truth and to real life, man. He loves you guys. And he wants what's best for you. Let's pray to him right now and talk to him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everybody in this room tonight, Lord. For all these students from Oak Ridge, from Jamestown, all of our Kernersville crew. God, thank you for those uh, relationships in this room. Guys, date, dating's hard. There's highs, there's lows, there's temptations, there's struggles. 
God, I just pray that these students tonight, that these men can stand and act like men. God, and they can go through Raya, and they can focus on friendship. And they can go to Ahava and focus on true love and commitment. God, and they can do the best they possibly can to honor you with their future wives and marriage. God, I pray for the women in this room, the girls, the middle schoolers, the high schoolers. I pray for them to be strong and to have patience and to find their fulfillment in you, Lord, and your son, Jesus. God, help us. We can't do it without you, Jesus. Thank you that you don't condemn us, that you love us, and that you tell us to go and, and be better. Father, we love you, and we're grateful. And it's your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.